Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, it's Resurrection Sunday and the focus of the Word today will be about the resurrection. Many people don't believe in the resurrection and with technology and science, people are becoming more doubtful. But here's the thing. Jesus really died. He died and was dead. That's what makes the resurrection so amazing. A lady once wrote to a newspaper column, and this is what she asked. She said, Dear sirs, our preacher said on Easter that Jesus swooned on the cross. He literally fainted on the cross. And that the disciples nursed him back to health. What do you think? Sincerely, bewildered. Well, Charles is the guy who answered the column, and he wrote back to her, and he said, Dear Bewildered, beat your preacher with a cat of nine tails and and give him 39 heavy strokes. Nail him to a cross, hang him in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his side, then put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours and see what happens. Sincerely, Charles. You see, it's impossible that Jesus could have survived that crucifixion. That's what makes the resurrection even more amazing. Talking about the resurrection being amazing, I read an article just this week that in Japan, they have taken frozen fish that have been in a freezer for days and weeks on end, and they then put it into warm water. They run the fish under warm water, and as the water trickles over the fish, it defrosts, Then they put it into a dish of water and it starts to wiggle and eventually the fish is swimming around after being completely frozen. One of the experts from the Marine Institute said it is probably a tuna fish, that this this species of fish. And then he went on to say the reason why this fish comes back to life, this is what he said. He says because it contains antifreeze proteins in its blood. Isn't that amazing? I think that because of the death of Jesus, we now contain antifreeze proteins. So death doesn't get a hold on us. And we will come back to life because that's what the Bible promises. Now, I want to speak to you today about the resurrection under this title. I've entitled the message, Because He Rose, We Too Can Rise. Because of His resurrection, we too will be resurrected. Now, there are two aspects to that I want to briefly speak about and then give you some some amazing things that the resurrection teaches us today. You see, there's a literal resurrection, and then there's what we would call a figurative resurrection or a prophetic resurrection. Let's focus for a moment on the literal resurrection. That means that Jesus died and he rose again from the grave so that when we die in this physical body, we have the hope of a literal resurrection resurrection from the dead, whether we died at sea, whether we died in a fire, no matter what the death, that literal resurrection has been promised. And because he rose, we too will rise literally. Notice what the scripture says and the apostle Paul here reminding us from 1 Corinthians 15. He says, for if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. See, we connected to him. His resurrection our resurrection. Then he says, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith 
is useless. In fact, spending today preaching would be useless if you weren't alive. He goes on to say, and we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. We skip on. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you're still guilty of your sins. You see, it's the death and the resurrection of Jesus that's so important. He died for sins and raised us to life. Paul goes on and he says this. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. In other words, because he rose, we too will rise. We too can rise. Our hope is attached to his resurrection. If God raised the dead, brutalized Jesus, then surely when we die, he will raise us as well. That's the literal resurrection. But then there's the figurative one for our lives currently. And prophetically, we also rise in life. And the Apostle Paul talks about that as well. And before I read that, Phillips Brooks, the great author, who we often refer to, says, let every man and woman count himself immortal. Think of yourself as though you won't die. He says, let him catch the revelation of Jesus in his resurrection. Let him not say merely, Christ is risen, but I shall rise. Don't just point to something historic. Point to something factual in your future, my future, but also in our now. Now getting back to Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul again. He says in chapter 8 and verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's a fact. That same resurrection power. He says, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body. Not your dead body, your mortal body, the one you're living in now, by the same Spirit living within you. The message paraphrase is quite accurate here, and it points to a wonderful uh, illustration of this. He says, if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, in other words, right now, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. There again, because he rose, we will rise, not just in the future, literally, but right now in life. We can rise up from our challenges. We can rise up from weakness. We can rise up from defeat. We can rise up from brokenness. We can rise up from addictions. We can rise up from any human problem that pulls this physical body down because we have the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit living in us through what Jesus did at the cross. Leon Morris is an Australian New Testament commentator and, uh, and a scholar, and he said this. He said, the same power that brought Christ back from the dead is operative within those who are Christ's. The resurrection is an ongoing thing. Not just something in the future, literally, but something present and ongoing. And because he rose, listen, you can expect in our lives, we too can rise because we have resurrection power in our lives. Now, the resurrection speaks of some wonderful things, and I've chosen seven today, seven things that the resurrection teaches us 
and speaks to us at night. And I think they're going to be applicable for your life. Because he rose, you too can rise. So number one, this is what the resurrection teaches us. It teaches us that things can always live after they die. Things can always live after they die. If something in your life dies because of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, God can bring those things back to life. He can bring renewal into your life. Because he rose, we too can rise in life. It's so important for us to remember this when things in our lives have died. It's never too late and God can breathe new life into dead things. When we fail, when we fall, when our dreams die, God can bring them back to life. In fact, it's a, it's a theme of scripture. Let me read you a few verses quickly here. Proverbs 24 and verse 16. It says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Can you see how we can rise in life even when things die? Again, Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 4. Thus says the Lord, when men fall, do they not rise again? In other words, it's a natural thing for us to rise up again because of the resurrection power of Jesus. Then again in Micah chapter 7 and verse 8, in the good news, our enemies have no reason to gloat over us. We have fallen, but we will rise again. We are in darkness now, but the Lord will give us light. Wow. There you can see that when things die, they can live again. And maybe you've had a bad year, a bad season. Maybe right at the moment you feel, man, things are dying. It, what are we going to do? Well, when things die, the resurrection teaches that no matter what, what it is, no matter how bad it is, it can live again. We just have to trust God fully and rely on him. The resurrection teaches us that no matter how dead something is, it can live again. You know, people are saying at the moment that our world will never be the same. And granted, this is a shift. This is a dramatic event in the life of this planet. But you know, when you think back to seasons where people thought the world was over, just think about the recent wars of the last century and how people thought that it would be the end of the world. Think of the Holocaust where millions of lives were taken. And the world was completely destroyed. The Allies went into Europe and they bombed Europe. And Germany was left in ruins. In fact, it was completely destroyed. However, from that terrible, terrible death, if you like, there was a resurrection. Germany ended up becoming the third largest economy in the world. And if you think of their cities, cities like Dresden were completely bombed bombed to pieces, there was nothing left. Think of Cologne, 750,000 residents reduced to just 30,000. The place was decimated. And it's quite incredible that uh, Germany could have risen out of that situation to become the third largest economy in the world. Just think of the situation in that country after the war. You know, they, they, they said that the industrial output was reduced by half. And that's what's happening in this in this situation right now, everything's come to a grinding halt. Production is down. Businesses are closed. They go on to say uh, in, in the records that housing stock was reduced by 20%. There were 20% less homes that you could buy because there was so much bombing. Food production was half the level it was before the war. That's very serious. So there were tremendous difficulties and there were tremendous shortages. There were price controls. Also, 
men 18 to 35 were either killed or brought back, maimed and crippled. So the whole of the country was in a very, very bad place. People struggled. They had to queue up for food. There were such severe shortages. And the Reichsmark, their currency, the bottom fell out of it. It literally became so worthless that people were bartering with goods in order to get what they needed. Now, you know, the RAND has, has weakened. And we are in a very difficult place with food supplies, medical supplies. We're in that environment. But I'll tell you what, when things die, they can live. That's what the resurrection teaches. It teaches no matter how bad it is, God can bring it back to life. And that is our hope today because he rose. South Africa, we too can rise. You know, in the book of Job, one of my favorite verses, Job talks about a tree in Job 14. And he says that tree can get cut down, right down to its stump. And its stump can be there dead. The stature of that tree, the magnificence of the tree is gone. But then he says this in Job 14, verse 9. He says, at the scent of water, the smell of the whiff of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling, just as though it was fresh and new, even though it was once dead. We need to believe that for our country. We need to believe that for our lives. I want to ask you today, what's dead in your life? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage? Is it your family? There being big issue. Is it your business? Do you feel the country is in a state of, of, of calamity at the moment? We're in lockdown. What does the future look like? Well, the resurrection teaches us very simply that after things die, they can live again because Jesus demonstrated that for us in his own resurrection. Josh McDowell speaks about the resurrection and how it can help us right now. And he says this, while the resurrection promises us new and perfect life in the future, God loves us too much to leave us alone to contend with the pain, guilt, and loneliness of our present life. In other words, it's not just for the future, it's for now when things die. The second thing the resurrection teaches us today on Resurrection Sunday is no obstacle can shut down God's plans. You know, they killed Jesus. They beat him to a pulp and they crucified him, but God made him alive. No matter the obstacle, God can overcome it. They spoke against him. They lied about him. They brought him before Pilate. They used the religious circle to gang up on him. They were the experts in the law. But the Lord made sure that Christ was raised from the dead. No matter what obstacles are in your life, what blockages seem to be there in this current environment, I want to tell you today that God can work and he can raise dead things. No obstacle can shut in his plan. Now let's remember on this resurrection day, they put Jesus in a tomb and they rolled a huge stone in front of it and they sealed it, but God made sure that that obstacle was removed, and his son came out and lived again. What obstacles are you facing today that you feel, man, I'm dead and buried? No, you're not. The resurrection teaches that God can make alive that which seems to be dead and buried because there is no obstacle that can shut out his plans. Because Jesus rose, we too can rise. Rachel Held Evans, she's an author and she spoke about how the church is being affected, attendances declining. And, you know, even at the moment, we're not currently meeting. But she made this wonderful statement. She said this. She said, church attendance has been dipping, but God can survive the Internet age. Then she said this. After all, he knows a thing or two about resurrection. 
People are so worried about the future of the church, the future of their lives, but no obstacle can prevent God from raising dead things. That's what the resurrection teaches us today. Number three, the third thing about the resurrection that it speaks of and it teaches us is God always keeps his promises. You know, the resurrection was promised. Jesus built his, his entire ministry on the fact that he would live and he would die, but he would be raised. And he knew the scriptures well. And he would have studied them and remembered them because they promised the resurrection. And when we face things that die in our lives, we need to go to the promises of God because God keeps his promises. Even when things die, he promises they will live. That's why we shouldn't fear death right now. We should be healthy and wise and we should protect ourselves and we should practice physical distancing and we should make sure we do all that the government is telling us to do. But we should live in hope that no matter what happens, the promise of the resurrection stands true. Peter quoted from the Psalms and uh, when speaking about Jesus' resurrection in the book of Acts, and that would have been a scripture that Jesus would have used. He would have held on to that as the hope as he was being crucified. And it's so important for us to realize that the books of the Bible are not just written for history, but they are the promises of God, Old Testament and New Testament. But here's the thing. Not only are the promises of God in the Bible, they're actually in nature itself. If you look at springtime, springtime points to the resurrection. Springtime says, although things can be frozen and inactive and look as though they're dormant, that's why you just never cut down a tree in winter, you, you, can, you can think it's over. Then spring comes and everything starts to blossom and you realize there's life. Martin Luther described it like this. He said, our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. We need to realize that God has made the resurrection something that he has promised and it's written into nature and it's written into the books. Now, let's get back to what Peter looked at when he spoke about the resurrection. He quoted from one of the Psalms and uh, Psalm 16, he quotes in Acts chapter 2. And he says this, this is what Jesus would have held on to. I saw the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. Jesus would have read that. King David would have written it. He had the hope of the resurrection, but Jesus knew, I'm not going to decay. I'm coming out. And we have to hold on to those promises for the future resurrection, but for whatever's going on right now. We're in a difficult situation, but you know what? It's going to come back to life. There are going to be new beginnings. There's going to be new life in your, in your life, in your friendships, in your marriage. In our country, we're going to come back to life. And God is going to do a new thing and a wonderful thing if we trust him. That's what the resurrection speaks of today. Number four, the fourth thing the resurrection speaks of today is it's this. That which seems irreparably broken can be restored. That which in your life seems irreparably broken can be restored restored. You know, they beat Jesus to a pulp and it almost looked like he was irreparably destroyed, irreparably broken. If you had been at the cross and seen that, you would think, wow, it's over. That's why the disciples were depressed and discouraged because they thought it was irreparably broken. But the resurrection reminds us, no matter how broken something is, it 
can live again. Fulton Sheen is a great preacher and author, and in his book called Your Life is Worth Living, he said this, it was to a virgin woman that the birth of the Son of God was announced. It was to a fallen woman that his resurrection was announced. You see, a virgin woman, because he needed to be pure, and he needed to be the sinless one that died for our sins, but to a fallen woman after the res resurrection, showing, you know what? doesn't matter how broken your life is. It's not irreparably broken. Jesus can come to it, and he can heal it. If you're watching me today, and your life is irreparably broken, in your mind, that is, I'll tell you what, no drugs, no prostitution, no crime of any kind, no murder, no, no crime that you can commit can keep you from the resurrection life of Jesus if you were to bring your life to him today. That which seems irreparably broken, the resurrection tells us, can be restored. You know, Jesus, before his resurrection, was irreparably broken. But after he rose from the dead, his disciples hardly recognized him. When he appeared to them, they... They were stunned. When he appeared to Mary, she wasn't sure. She thought he was the gardener. It's pretty amazing. He had so been restored and so been transformed that they didn't recognize him. And that's what God does. When things seem irreparably broken, God restores them. Jesus restored the flesh of lepers. He restored a man's hand that was withered and made it whole again. The resurrection power does that in our lives. That which is eaten away and that is shrunken. He brings it back and he restores it. So never think that your life or our country is irreparably broken. God is going to give us a new beginning. And let me just say this, the coronavirus, in Latin, corona means crown. This thing is seeking to rule our world and rule over Christians, but we won't let it because the resurrected Christ lives in us and he rules. He rules our thinking. He rules our hearts and we put our trust in him. The great author from China, Watchman Nee, once said this. He said, our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. We can start a new life because of the resurrection. Number five, the fifth thing that the resurrection speaks to us about today is this. When life tries to destroy us, and it certainly tries, God will always cause us to rise. Just like as life destroyed Jesus and tried to push him into a grave and keep him there, God caused that grave to open and Jesus to rise again. And God can do that for us too. Because he rose, we too can rise. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And I want to tell you, when life pushes you down, when the economy pushes you down and threatens to destroy you, when things in your family threaten to break you down emotionally, when the world around you is in turmoil and there's crime and there are all sorts of things that seems to die, when circumstances are overwhelming, always remember God can come and cause things to rise if you trust him today. Stanislaw Law, Jersey Leck, was a Polish poet and he said this, he said, believers believe in resurrection, atheists only in comebacks. You see, what he was saying here is, we don't just have a positive spirit. Hey, if things die, they can come back. No, no, no. We believe in someone. There's a someone, not just a positive attitude. There's someone who lives in us that gives us that resurrection ability. We're not just comeback kids. There's much more to us than that. 
And when things seem to be destroyed, God can bring them back to life. A very interesting story I was reading just this week was about the British fighter plane, the Spitfire, shot down in 1940 and almost completely destroyed. But along came some restorers, and uh, over an eight-year period, 68 million rand, they completely restored the Spitfire, and it has taken to the skies. It's housed in London now and has pride of place after being completely destroyed during the war. It's pretty amazing that 80 years after that plane looked as though it was over, it is now flying and has risen again. And I believe that's what God can do with your life. That's what God can do with our country. And no matter how something looks, the resurrection tells us it's, it's not over if God is in the picture. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, it says this, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, the resurrection points to something much better and that he gives us literally a new quality of life right here and right now. Tim Keller uh, has written some wonderful books and uh, he's the author of Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And he said this, Christ's resurrection not only gives you hope for the future, it gives you hope to handle your scars right now. The resurrection is not just something that we look forward to after our literal death, but we can look forward to it right now when things have been broken, when things have been destroyed. That's what the resurrection speaks of. Number six, the sixth thing that the resurrection speaks to us of. It says this, God sometimes lets things die before he resurrects them. Why does he allow that? Well, we don't know. But sometimes he chooses to let a thing die because then he can almost show his glory more powerfully in raising it from the dead. Lazarus, one of the friends of Jesus in John chapter 11, is sick and they send a message to Jesus. But he doesn't come immediately. He waits a couple of days. And then finally when he comes, Lazarus is already dead and wrapped up and buried. And Mary says, Lord, if you had been here. But then the resurrection and the life speaks and he calls Lazarus out of the tomb and an amazing miracle is performed. Trust God that even when things die, he can still bring them back to life in your life. In the story of Abraham, the Bible says God promised Abraham, you're going to have a son. But Abraham waited and waited and waited. And the book of Romans describes Abraham in Romans chapter 4. It says this, his body was as good as dead. And it says this, since he was about 100 years old. So Abraham is like dead. God, couldn't you have brought the boy when I was younger? But God sometimes leaves things because then he can show himself mighty. And he did that in the life of Abraham and gave him a miraculous son. Thirdly, the last illustration of that is the life of Joseph. Joseph had to wait 13 years. His dreams died, his cocky attitude died, and his youthfulness died, and God brought a maturity during that time of waiting. And when it seemed it was over for Joseph, God resurrected it and elevated him to the role of prime minister. Always trust God that no matter what it seems to look like, the resurrection teaches that God brings things back to life. You may have failed, you may be feeling like it's over for you, but the resurrection speaks of new life 
And God sometimes lets things die, but he brings them back to life. Frederick Buchner, the theologian and uh, author and pastor, said this. He said, resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. And lastly, as we come to a close on Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection teaches us this finally. Although we will all die in Christ, we can all rise again. You know, way back in the Bible from the time of Daniel, the resurrection was spoken of. Daniel himself was promised resurrection in the book of Daniel chapter 12. And the angel came to him and spoke to him and said, As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. You see, here's the premise again. Because he rose, we too will rise. And if it was promised in the Old Testament before Jesus even rised, well then how much more now, church? How much more now? And I want to say this to you because there's so much fear in the world at the moment. People have lost loved ones, even in our church, during this, during this time and have felt so helpless and frustrated and not had the support that they've needed from their entire families and from the whole church. But I want to remind you, the resurrection promises us that we will all meet again. And I want to read this last scripture before I wrap up today from the book of 1 Thessalonians because the Apostle Paul points to the resurrection as our future hope. No matter what happens in this world, we have this hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14, he says, I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he dies. I don't want you to hope. I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he dies. And then he goes on to say this, so that when it happens, you will not be full of sorrow as those who have no hope. We are not people without hope in crises. He says, for since we believe that Jesus died and then came back to life again, watch. Now, because of this, we can also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him all the Christians that have died. Literally, what he's saying is, because he rose, we can expect to rise too. And all our relatives who've passed away, they will rise with us and we'll see them again. What an amazing hope we have today. As I wrap up today, I want to tell you the story of a very interesting man called James Hatcher. James Hatcher was a very wealthy and successful businessman. He was involved in mining, in the timber industry, and he lived in a very small town called Pikeville in Kentucky. It was there that he put up a hotel, and the hotel was called the Hotel James Hatcher. In the lobby of this hotel was a very interesting object, a coffin with a latch on the inside. James Hatcher was terribly afraid of being buried alive, and not without good reason. You see, he had married a woman called Octavia, and Octavia had given birth to their son Jacob. But just a few days later, as it was in those days, Jacob passed away. Always remember, the era we're living in is quite wonderful. In those days, some children didn't live past 10. Things today that we easily get over, they died from. And she was heartbroken because Jacob had died. And so she went to bed and she lay in bed for a number of days. Eventually what happened was she slipped into a coma. And they thought it was because of depression. They couldn't wake her out of the coma. And eventually the doctor called and he said, she's dead. He pronounced her dead. Well, they had the funeral. They buried her. They put her in the grave. And he went back home. But around and about him, the people that he was close to, they all began to show symptoms of what they called in those days sleeping sickness. 
they were bitten by the setsy fly. And they would then get sleeping sickness. They would go to bed. They would sleep. They'd almost be in a coma. And then suddenly they'd wake up and come back to life. Well, James Hatcher realized, hey, this could have happened to Octavia. So he got an urgent edict. And they dug up her body, dug up the coffin. And when they opened it, they found that she had indeed actually woken up in the coffin. And it wasn't an airtight coffin. She had torn away the entire lining of the inside of the coffin. Her fingers and her nails were bleeding. And that blood residue was in there. And obviously, she was dead. So they conducted the funeral again. And they buried her again. And what happened was, James Hatcher was so grieved by this. He obviously had his own coffin designed with a latch on the inside. But this statue that you can see was the memorial that he erected over her grave. And it's there to this day. Now, the moral of the story is the reason why I told you that interesting story today. Because the moral of the story is this. Don't be too quick to pronounce death over someone or something as there could still be life in it and God could resurrect it. You know, we're so quick to say it's over. But the resurrection teaches that it's not over. Dead things can live. There are no obstacles that God can't break through. And although things are left sometimes, God can bring them back to life. And he wants to do that with your dreams today, with your family today, with your finances, and with the future of our country. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 